So aloha all you Hawaii money makers out there. I have a beautiful, gorgeous guest today, a good friend that I met at a mastermind that we really shared and experienced strength and hope with each other and got to know each other pretty deeply. And she's amazing. Miss Sarah, Sarah Weaver here. Um, she used to go by the traveling nomad, but I don't know if you're changing your terms to the midterm, midterm rental queen. I don't know. You could probably take that term out. She just wrote an amazing book, and uh, we'll talk about the book and everything here shortly. And um, yeah, let's dive into it. We have a freight, fun, great episode today, so let's get started. Just before we get started, I'd love it if you guys could subscribe below, and that way we can reach more people and just help people make their money work for them in any different way we can. Thank you guys, and let's get started in today's content. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so, hello everybody. So this is beautiful Sarah here, and um, super excited to talk to her today. Well, you want to give a little background about yourself and just um, maybe the roots of where you came from and how you where you're at today. I love your story and actually where you led into where you are today. It's really a big jump, actually, people are here. Thank you. Yeah, it really yeah. is. I I spent, um, I grew up in Kansas City. Um, I grew up in the suburbs of Kansas City. For anyone that's not from the Midwest, <laughs> no, I did not grow up on a farm. I grew up, I, I tell people, I, I travel a lot, as you mentioned. And when I'm abroad, I tell people that I grew up in one of those movies, like American movie with like the white picket fence and the cheerleader and the football players and a pretty normal upbringing. Um, financially, my parents were blue collar. They both work. My mom um, owns a cleaning business. She cleans houses. My dad's always worked in the construction industry. And so I always grew up looking at my friend's parents thinking, man, it would be really nice to have the things that they have. I was less interested in their big houses and their fancy cars. And I just wanted to go on their really cool vacations. Um, so no surprise that I ended up growing up and choosing to spend a lot of my time traveling. <laughs> you're, you're skipping over a lot there, but uh, Sarah has, she, she's accumulated a lot of uh, B&Bs and uh, midterm rentals. She just wrote an amazing book on midterm rentals. But she's missing the part where she has now changed her whole life where she can live wherever she wants around the world because of her passive income, because of her rentals um, that she's accumulating and, and um, you know, able to give that lifestyle that she can travel around the world. She does these amazing events that actually I've been wanting to go on. And you guys should message her if you want. She takes a groups. You should share this. But you take groups of people with like-minded people, you know, real estate people, people who are entrepreneurs, and goes to all around the world. You got a Guatemala trip, right? Plan coming up, and uh, it looks so fun because, as we were just saying earlier, doing anything and with a group of people. On top of that, with like-minded individuals and entrepreneurs, where you can feed and learn off each other, um, and you build that that bond almost similar like so me and sarah were in uh, a mastermind in, in maui with uh, brandon guys and uh, i felt like we got really close really quickly even though we spent i don't know 10 days a week or 10 days together i don't know what it was we spent together it was like a, a friendship built fast uh yeah. and tightly it's hard to explain, right? How would you, how would you explain how we? I think I think yeah. what happens when when you sign up for something like a mastermind or a trip is you're already putting yourself into a situation where you're set. You you throw your hands in the air. You're 
I don't know where we're going to be, what we're going to eat, what's going to be expected of me. And so you're already put in this little bit of a vulnerable state. And then in addition, we, we spent a good amount of money. Like I spent money getting there, the hotel, all these things. And so you're like, okay, I really need to get the most out of it. And so you're also kind of, I always like to think of it as up to bat. Like when you're in a baseball analogy and you're on the mound, you're in position, you have the bat, you are like ready to give it your all because you want to hit a grand slam. And so when someone asks you about yourself, you're not just like, oh yeah, like I buy some real estate. You're like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. But more importantly, tell me about you because I'm here at the event trying to get a lot out of it. I want to learn. I walk into every conversation, like I want to learn as much as I can. And so this beautiful thing happens, we create really deep friendships because we're not talking about, oh yeah, like I, you know, I have two kids and here's their names. Do you want to see pictures of them? It's like, tell me about your goals. Like, where do you want to be in three years? How did you get there? How much, like, how did you finance that deal? We're asking questions that you wouldn't normally ask someone. You probably wouldn't, don't even ask this of people that you know really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So true. I, I, I just so it just keeps on winding in my head. Me and Sarah were in a, a one of the private groups together, and we did this thing where we wrote uh, a story about where we're at in uh, when we're 26 years old, and uh, I forget more of the content to it. But Sarah wrote this amazing story. Like she's amazing writer, first of all, so she killed it. And then we all like I I wrote my best as I could, but I really felt like that moment together with her. I was like pouring my heart and soul into everything I was writing, even though I'm not a good writer, but I felt like she did as well as our other group members. I think there's four of us in that particular group. Um, But it was like this really like moment of like vulnerability and weakness and uh, um, relatability. I don't know, everything all up into one of who we are, you know, and it was, I was, I remember that moment, I was like ready to tear up and cry. It was very, I mean, like, I, Indar, I think you did tear up. <laughs> nothing, nothing I know, I know, that. I know I did. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think what, what was so cool about that, about that moment was what we did is we sat down and we wrote a letter to ourselves mm-hmm. in 2026. And so it was so vivid. Like I could see see myself in that moment like what is what clothes am I wearing where do I live what kind of conversations am I having with what kind of people and I put myself in that moment and then I wrote this letter and thank you for the compliment um, about writing I've always been a writer like I've always loved writing um even in in the third grade we dressed up what we wanted to be when we grew up everyone else dressed up as like doctors or a lot of kids dress up as you know football stars and basketball stars and Mm -hmm. I had a pencil behind my ear and a notebook and so I've been I've I've been a writer since I was little and and I think that it really came out in that moment that we all regardless of of our, our writing abilities we all have the ability to picture a version of our life that's better than the one we have right now and no matter who you were or what your dreams are or even the like dollar amount in your bank account, we all had this incredible vision of a really kick-ass life. And it was true for every person in our group. And and we felt it. And and we did. We got emotional because I think that's what you do as humans is you cheer for each other, especially when you're in this real estate community. We want 
everyone to win because I think there's abundance. Like all of us can have the life that we want um, and then we can celebrate alongside one another. Yeah. I find that in successful people, like-minded people that have, you know, started making success in our life. They recognize there is abundance in life compared to, I remember when I was coming up or, you know, struggling to be something, I didn't recognize the abundance. You know, I was just too focused on, I guess, me or, just trying to make it or survive or get my head above the water. I don't know what it was, but um, um, that's amazing. But let's talk more about uh, midterm rentals or medium term rentals, as you like to to claim it um, for people who don't know what that out is out there. And it's really been, I think, a booming. I mean, it's been around forever, but it's been really booming as of lately, maybe the last year to two. Um, you know, what is it and, and how does it work and how do you find maybe you know, throw it out there to people? Absolutely. This investing strategy has been, I mean, absolutely crucial to my success and my my scalability the last couple of years. And so what a medium-term rental is, is just like a short-term rental, it's furnished. So you're buying a single family, a duplex, fourplex, doesn't matter what it is, and you're furnishing it. And what makes it different than a short-term rental is that you're catering or targeting tenants or guests who are going to stay there 30 days or more. And so it's not short term. It's not two days, three days. It's 30 days. My average stay for my units is 92 days. So they're staying three months in total. And it's fantastic for a few reasons. The first is that a lot of municipalities are cracking down on short-term rentals. Um, Obviously, you're coming out of Hawaii. I know, I don't know all of the island's regulations, but I know Maui. They don't allow anything shorter than six months. And so in that case, that would be a long medium-term rental, but still a medium-term rental. They would cater to uh, maybe someone there for work for six months or just any brilliant person that wants to live in Hawaii for six months, and they would offer a a furnished rental to them. Even in small towns, there is a suburb outside of St. Louis called University City, Missouri. Even they don't allow short-term rentals. Mm -hmm. So these short-term regulations are not just for big cities or vacation hotspots like Hawaii. There's places and municipalities all over the United States that are saying, hey, no more short-term rentals. And so one of the ways as investors that we can kind of skirt around that regulation or still abide by the law is still have furnished rentals, but then Mm -hmm. cater to people who would want to stay there 30 days or more. So in my units, they're mostly traveling nurses. I, I bought properties that are near hospitals and I cater to traveling nurses. So traveling nurses come they sign a 13-week contract at the hospital. They need somewhere to live. And so they live in my units. What kind of sites do you use? you want to talk about some of the sites you list on? Because we all know about Airbnb and VRBO, but is there furnished finders? Exactly. So yeah, I list my units. Um, I make it, I try to make everything easy. You guys, like if I can find the easy way to do something, that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. So I do list on Airbnb. Um, as of right now, I'm getting about 70% of my tenants through Airbnb. Oh, really? Not I, more furnished finders. Well, I would thought would be furnished finders. Well, it was, it was a year ago in 2021. I, it was the opposite. I was getting about 80% of my tenants through furnished finder and 20% mm. through Airbnb, but I've, I've switched. It has since changed and now I'm getting mm. more through Airbnb. I do have my units listed on a site called Furnish Finder. That's mm. where most traveling nurses are looking for furnished rentals. 
but I want to make sure it's not just traveling nurses. You could buy a three bedroom, two bath home and then make connections with insurance companies. And then anyone that's displaced or not able to live in their home, whether it be flood or fire or what, what might it be, they would then be able to rent your house and mm -hmm. they pay a premium. There's also other seasonal workers. Maybe you're near Amazon warehouse and people that are there need a furnished place to stay. Um, there's interns, there's doctors, there's people visiting their family. How do you, so comp, many different how do you comp it? How do you comp it? So I, I'm in my head, I actually have a Waikiki uh, Airbnb that's not legal Airbnb, but it could do 30 days or more. But for it to work for me, it has to be like four grand a month and I couldn't make it work because I was just looking on furnish finders. How, how am I, should I look elsewhere to comp it to figure out what it could, how would you comp yeah. some of yours? Yeah, great question. There's two things you want to do. You first want to look on AirDNA and see what they have for for longer stays. I never the use second, them for longer. I use them for Airbnbs, but I've never thought to use them for longer stuff. Huh? That's a good, I, I yep. do use them, yeah. It's not going to be as helpful. Um, sure. Unfortunately, Furnish Finder does not have as much aggregated data as AirDNA. However, I do use Furnish Finder. So if you go to furnishfinder.com forward slash stats, S-T-A-T-S, mm. then you can look up stats for your area. And then after you have that information, you want to go into the site as a, as a guest and mm -hmm. look what is in my area, Everyone. what are people paying, and then you know what I do? I actually reach out to the other hosts in the area and mm -hmm. I say, hey, I see you have a unit listed on the other side of the island. It says it's listed for 4,500. Are you able to get that? Just curious. Mm -hmm. um, and just like anything in sales, you have to message, you know, 30 people to get someone to respond. Um, yeah. But I have had hosts give me really useful information, letting me know, yep, in the summer, we're super busy, but in the winter, we slow down or whatever it might be. I'm making uh, the extra effort reaching out to other hosts through Furnish Finder. Mm. Oh, that's great. Because I have a, an Airbnb. We're, we're listed it actually for sale, but I would like to keep it as a midterm rental because it's so hot and sexy right now. And, uh, and um, it, I, I want to keep as much as I can possibly, but compared to do you before, have it listed on furnished finder. I do not. I just have it listed for sale actually. Um, I, so yeah. for $99, you can list it on furnished finder. Um, I, I'll share my link with you and the, the and the listeners of my listings um, so you can see how I list them, what my listing description looks like. Um, and you can list it on Furnish Finder. It's $99. It'd be a really mm -hmm. great investment, especially if you want to keep it. Um, and so that's what I would do. Mm, that's interesting. I think it's a great market. And, and we have a lot of traveling nurses here in Hawaii. And I've even heard of... Um, uh, I had an investor come and she's a United 30 year United flight attendant. And she told me about, um, they do these, they're hot. They're called hot pads. I don't know if you heard about, they're called hot pads and cold pad, hot pads and cold beds or whatever. It's when they, somebody from United, their base is in say LAX and they live in Hawaii and they got to go to LA, but they got to stay maybe one or two days before their actual trip or in between their 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 flights where the hotel uh airlines doesn't pay they need a place to stay and they all share a condo or a place and i thought of that idea here and uh was wanting to do it i heard some great things they don't have here in hawaii any of those kind of stuff so um, i love the idea of taking and making you know use of a place a lot more than just uh 
just a single family rental or a, um, you know, when it's not Airbnb, what is the workaround for, for Airbnb? And um, yeah. And, and I think what's important is that we talk about the numbers. And so like, why would I not just yes. do long-term rentals? And so um, the numbers on a one bedroom, one bath in Omaha, Nebraska, I rent it long-term for $830. I think it's 850 mm-hmm. with a pet fee. And then that same unit size, actually the unit right below it in a fourplex, I'm able to furnish it and then rent it for $1,875. bucks more, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's so amazing. that that's that's my why. Like that's why I like to do it. Um, another great example is I have a friend, she just bought a house actually is a fantastic deal. She bought it for 199. So just Mm. basically 200,000. She put about 14,000 into it for renovation, Mm -hmm. another 8,000 for furnishing, and she's renting it using insurance companies and she's renting it for $5,600. Jeez. That's amazing. Is that a little house? Yeah. It's a three bedroom, two bath. Her PITI principal interest tax and insurance is $1,300 a month. And she's oh. renting it for fifty six hundred. That's amazing. That is so, so awesome. That you guys, so- that is why medium term rental. And so I'd love it if you guys picked up my book. It's called Thirty Day Stay: um, A Real Estate Investor's Guide to Mastering the Medium Term Rental. Um, and I think it's really important that we talk about this is a lot of work. Like long term mm-hmm. rentals can be sit it and forget it, but if you're choosing to do medium term rentals, you have to furnish it, you have to manage it, you have to communicate with your guests, communicate with cleaners. But I love them because it allowed me to hit financial independence so much faster. Let's talk about some of those people are scared of dealing with. So one furnishing it, that's another three grand cost, three to five grand, depending on the size of your house. Um, you know, we don't have an Ikea, but you guys have Ikea in the mainland. So, you know, you can furnish something pretty cost effectively. So I backed that out, out of my cost. Okay. That's going to cost me three grand. When am I going to recoup that? And then Sarah didn't mention earlier, but she's a beast at automation and using VA assistance. Um, as we have in our Airbnbs as well, where somebody else is basically managing them and, um, you know, managing the, the platform, uh, you know, talking to guests and communicating with the guests and also the cleaning too. So, um, you know, Sarah didn't talk about it earlier, but she's got a bunch of VAs, right? Helping you with uh, a lot of that kind of stuff, right? Overseeing, what do you- Yeah, my, my, my lifestyle is possible because I hired. And so I'm managing 19 units in four different states. Um, I own all of them. They're all my units and I travel full-time. So I am sitting in Kansas city this week because of the Christmas holiday. And then I fly to Guatemala after Guatemala, I fly to Santiago, Chile, and then Mendoza. And then I'm going to Africa and Italy and Thailand. And I'm able to do all of this because I've put in systems where when they're cleaner and needs to be notified that there's a new booking that's automated through a Mm -hmm. site called uh, hospitable. When there's a maintenance request, my tenants either message me through Airbnb or apartments.com or a veil. And then that goes to my operations manager and my operations manager goes to the vendor list, which is a list of vendors that, you know, our plumber, our handyman, everyone, and she's handling all of that without me. Mm. And so even nine months ago, 
that wasn't happening. Like things were going to my cell phone, no matter where I was or where I was hiking or what I was doing. And I realized Indar that that's just like not the life I, I, that's not why I bought real estate. And so it was cool that I was abroad. Like I could post on Instagram, look, I'm here. But the reality was I was like talking to a plumber on a mountaintop. <laughs> I love how you use a veil. So I use a veil too to manage all our rentals, but we don't use it much for the communication. I should, I should look into that more. So you have yes, the you renters. Have your, go... Exactly. Have all yeah. of your tenants do tenant maintenance requests through a veil mm. um, because then it's, it's all on record. If they come back and say, Oh, they never fixed this plumbing issue. Well, you never told me it was an issue or it's, if they, they did, it's all documented. Mm -hmm. And so have everything documented through there. Oh, I like that. I like that. We, we've been using a veil to screen our tenants and so forth. We just started using it actually. I like it. But I like taking yourself out of it all and having a good team in place to help, you know, manage it all and to take less of the the headaches of 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 managing it because people don't realize there is a lot of calls. There's a lot of stupid calls. More so I have Airbnbs and and when I was used to be managing myself, you know, the keys not opening or the lockbox on you know, did you try the code? Did you uh you know, did you flip the turn? I had one time, did you turn the knob? Oh, I forgot to turn the knob. <laughs> it, it, you know, you, you get it all. This is how you open a door. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I literally had it. She like turned the key and she like, didn't turn the lock on it after or something. And uh, I was like, did you try and turn the knob? <laughs> and she, uh, but you're going to get it. You're going to get it all. And, uh, and I couldn't figure it out actually at first because I was like the keys, like it's all, I've since went to keypads and got rid of everything, but, um, you know, all those little dummy proof, everything you're constantly trying to dummy proof them and, uh, sending them as much information as you possibly can step-by-step step is so, you know, they and, have and that takes so much time. Like, I hope that people realize like there's been a lot of time and money spent setting up all of the automated mm -hmm. messaging, hospitable networking and finding the cleaners. Um, heck, yeah. even finding my employees. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of time that goes into this and it's worth every minute because yeah. now I went on vacation for the first time. Like I can have my phone on silence for five hours at a time. Like mm -hmm. it is so worth it. Yeah. You don't, I mean, you get probably a lot of less maintenance requests too, because they're, they're successful people. A lot of times I'm thinking that they're staying in these places, they're doctors or they're uh, nurses or professionals in the general. So they're not throwing a party <laughs> and having a, a raging, like uh, some of the young kids maybe. You know, that's why are... I love that. That's why I love the traveling nurses because sometimes my cleaner will go in there after someone stayed for three months and they'll say, Oh my gosh, Sarah, it doesn't even look like they ever cooked. Like the mm -hmm. oven was never used. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, because they're exhausted. Like mm -hmm. they're working, you know, a 12 hour shift and then they're coming mm -hmm. home Mm -hmm. And my properties are in the Midwest, so it's not that expensive to eat out in Omaha, Nebraska. And yeah. so they probably didn't cook. And so there's a yeah. lot less wear and tear on the unit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. They, the amount of foot traffic you get in Airbnbs. Um, I have a, one of my Airbnbs. People were just using it to throw parties. I literally had to put on there, do not throw parties and go put the decibel meter noise thing in there. And uh Cause it was out of town and it was away. It was during COVID and no one could 
do anything. So they would go use my Airbnb to throw parties. <laughs> but people are people. Um, should, should we should we go have a party there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My wife's actually going to today. They're going to stay out there today with her family in town. So benefit of owning some Airbnbs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, that's so what other states are you in? You're in Nebraska, of course. What other states are you in? I own in Nebraska, Iowa, Kansas, and Missouri. So, you know, just as beautiful and vacation worthy as Hawaii. Yes, very close. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love those states, actually. They're actually better rental states than here because uh, even the price where we buy a house here in Hawaii, you know, we probably rent for the same amount as Nebraska. So Hawaii is generally not a uh, good market, but I had to change my mindset for Hawaii. For anyone out there who thinks you can't find good deals in Hawaii, you can. It all starts with your mindset. Because um, I used to tell myself that, myself that, hey, Hawaii's too expensive. I couldn't find good rentals. And it all starts with my mind, your mindset, you know? So as we go through these groups together to increase and better our mindset and um, be around like-minded people. Um, so where do you see this industry of midterm rentals going? Because I see the popularity and I see more and more people doing them or using them. Do you, do you see it becoming a bigger, bigger thing than what it is? And more even maybe a better website than uh, Furnish Finders, you know, or Airbnb kind of took over in a sense too, right? Yeah, I think um, there's a there's a lot of room for technology companies to come in and improve our process and our systems. So if you are a tech person and you're thinking about starting a company, I definitely think the real estate space has a lot of room for improvements. As far as owning medium-term rentals, here's what I tell investors is if you want to turn your long-term rental or even your short-term rental that you already own into a medium-term rental, it's mm -hmm. likely the right move. Obviously, the numbers need need to make sense. There are parts actually just analyzed a property um, in Missouri and it didn't make sense as a medium term rental. Once mm. you paid utilities and snow removal and it just wasn't going to be able to rent for that high comparatively mm. to long term rental. You'd cash flow more, but was it worth it? We decided it wasn't. Um, and so how do you um, some of the numbers back to numbers uh, vacancies? What do you do? You use five or 10 percent or you still take do you take that out? Because how how do you factor vacancies? Because coming as single family rentals, you don't have as much vacancies. So, so what I'm doing is I'm doing eight percent. So eight percent is one month every year, and mm. that's if you buy a duplex. That means that both units are vacant for the year, and that just doesn't happen. When I have a tenant move out, I typically have another tenant moving in that same day or within two days. And mm -hmm. so I'm not even seeing an entire week vacancy in between my medium term tenants. Um, but a month would be one week every quarter. So mm -hmm. like I told you guys, my tenants stay 90 days. So even if I had a week vacant in every unit, that mm -hmm. still would be 8%. And I'm beating that every single year. You're just factoring that to analyze a deal to make sure a deal looks good. So any, anyone listening out there, we do scenarios for the worst case. We want to factor in a lot of people who analyze rentals, just think, oh, my mortgage is this much and and I'm making this much rent and they're not thinking about. So again, guys, there's taxes, insurance, capital expenditures, vacancies, uh, big things that capital expenditures, a lot of people um, leave out. And that's just wear and tear of units of maintenance and uh you know, things that may happen 
you know, of it all. And um, a lot of people don't factor that, that in sometimes. So I hear it all the time. Oh, I, you know, I, I get a, my mortgage is only two grand and I'm renting for 2,200. It's a great rental, right? I'm like, um, that doesn't sound too good. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, all the other costs that you could occur, you're just expecting for worst case, of course. So if it does better, more money in your pocket, of course. But analyzing the deal is, that's really critical of the, to make sure it works. And I like how you talked about to go on to um, uh, the stats on, on the, on the, the, um, Furnish finder site and see see what it is. I just looked around as a guest one time and I was that was about as all that I did, but I want to look deeper into it and to really get to know. Well, and and it's a listing site, it's not a booking site. So if you list it, I told you it costs $99 for the whole year. Someone's not going to be able to book your place tomorrow because it's a listing site. And so they're going to reach out to you. They have, they have to jump through some hoops. So there's no harm in going ahead and putting it available for rent. Someone doesn't have the ability to just book it and move in tomorrow mm -hmm. like they would on Airbnb. And so I really encourage you guys, go ahead and list your property on Furnish Finder and see what kind of inquiries you can get. See what you get, yeah. You know, it's a big question. My, my numbers don't match what I... I looked uh, for this small, it's a small two, 300 square foot unit in Waikiki and, and uh, furnished finders were only showing like maybe two to three grand. But for me to make it work, I used the 1% rule quickly. It's, it's like a $4,000 a month I would have to, to make it work. Um, so I was just going to sell it and get out of it. It was a, it was a flip actually. I was, it was yeah. a flip, but um, I always want to try to finagle. If I can keep anything I possibly can, I'll, I'll keep it. If I can meet my 1% rule real quickly. And um, well, well, do you need to meet the 1% rule? Like what are your cost of keeping it? Like what's your monthly payment if you keep that unit? It's right on. It's a hard money loan right now. Um, we bought it all in about, I think we're all in about 400,000. So it was quickly. And can you refinance it into a conventional loan or a commercial loan? Yeah, I could. I could. Yeah, definitely could. Um, not great rates right now, but I could refinance it later again and again. Um, but I don't know if I can get, I think I would have to get the four grand a month ish plus maintenance fees. There's maintenance fees at the property too. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I'm, I'm going to go look at it again. Cause yeah, I, list it. To, <laughs> I think I have, I'll tell the girls to put it up and just to see, see what I'll do. Um, you know, Waikiki is very desirable. So uh, no parking that's a very chunk thing but uh, you can come stay sounds good i'll, I'll come be your tester <laughs> <laughs> yeah you never did come in the last time we have we have several other uh legal airbnbs in waikiki so yeah i do um, need to i need to come out yeah. there actually speaking of travel you need to come on my next trip so i, I am i'm excited um i don't know when this episode's gonna air but i actually have not next announced week. this to my Okay, perfect. I This will be the first anyone's hearing it. I am announcing my next investor trip. It will be an eight-day African safari in wow. Tanzania. I would love to see that. Are you going to see the animals and so forth? Day one, yeah. you yeah. get up close and personal. You should be able to see all the big five. So we're talking elephants and rhinos and mm. lions. That'd be and cool. then we're staying at really nice places. Like we will be sipping wine in our infinity pool <laughs> and really getting to know one another because everyone coming is a real estate investor. 
And so what what's really important to me with these trips, my company Invested Adventures, we invite real estate investors on epic adventures. So I want to take people on a bucket list trip like a safari mm -hmm. and you could enjoy it alongside real estate investors. And so while there's no presentations or speakers or classroom time, we can't help ourselves. We'll be in the car for some time on some of these, what they call game uh, excursions, mm -hmm. looking for the animals. And of course, we'll talk about cost segregation and taxes <laughs> and fun stuff. Uh, the economy yeah. and yeah, <laughs> stuff that honestly, we can't stop talking about. And so yeah. would love to have you come. Um, it's going to be a pretty small group. There's going to be 11 of us. You got people already lined up, some people. Oh, yeah. 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 I uh, I had someone audit the website, a friend of mine. I was like, hey, what do you think of this? Like, you know, is there any questions? I want to make sure it's really clear. And he bought a ticket. <laughs> oh, and so, and then there's an extra, like, a optional adventure. So what we'll do is we'll do eight days. So you leave on a Saturday, you come home the next Sunday. So for mm -hmm. anyone still in a W-2, you only need to take five days off work. And then if you want to stay, we're going to have a day of rest and then we're going to do an eight day Mount Kilimanjaro hike. Wow. That'd be amazing too. Wow. So back to back, that'd be fun. And all three people that I've signed up uh, again, before I announced it, they signed up for both. And so <laughs> I thought people, you know, would need to choose one or the other, but so far everyone's so stoked. Mm. They are doing both the safari and Killy. Is uh, is you when you sign up on site, you everything's covered, right? You just got to get your flights to get there, right? Basically, show up. Everything. Basically. I will. Yeah. I will pick you up on the tarmac, and everything is done for you. And the best part yeah. is that we plan everything for you. Yeah. And so most of the people that are coming to these, they run businesses, they run real estate portfolios. We're really busy, yeah. and so to plan an eight-day safari or even yep. an eight-day Kilimanjaro hike is a lot of work. And yeah. so we took that away. We did all of that for you. And we're curating really kick-ass people to do it alongside you're, of. You're doing ahead of time, honestly. So I, a lot of investors that I know, of, like friends like me, we do everything like last minute. I'm going to Alaska actually on Sunday to go skiing. I'm like booking and doing everything like last minute because we get so busy with work and trying to, and to book everything, you know, we're, you know, I'm bad at some of that time. So I, Oh yeah. I'm, I'm laughing, but I actually just bought a flight for three days from now. And so I'm the exact same way for my, for my own travel. I, I don't yeah. have accommodation booked when I get there uh, yeah. for this trip I'm doing in three days. Um, but yes, for my investor trip with the domestic adventures, not only is it planned, but it's planned by the best in the business. So the on the ground team, they've been doing this for 10 years. Hmm. They're highly rated. I have friends that have done the trip through them and they're, my friends, are really well traveled like been to mm -hmm. more than 50 countries and they said it's top five travel experience of their life wow i really want to go i really want i really actually been wanting to go to africa and see the animals and uh you know i love to go. is there kids no kids right our kids no not on this city. trip yeah <laughs> i think I, my kids are too small anyway but um um, that's amazing. I'm going to have to talk to my wife. You should come. Two of, really, the three really people, want... two of the three people signed up are a couple. And so I'd love it if you and your wife came. It'd be really, when, really cool. What's it? When is it? What month? June 3rd to the 11th is the safari. Or sorry, 4th to the 11th. Mm. And then the June. whatever that is, June yep, 13th to the 20th. So June 2023. I'm going to ask my wife. We got we the kids, so we always got to 
figure out what the kids first. <laughs> my uh, old single self would be a lot easier, but now we have the kids and we have to plan, plan everything. It's amazing. Or tell people where they can uh, sign up and see if anyone wants to go. Yeah, look. absolutely. If you guys are interested, go to sarahdweaver.com and you will see everything on there for our events. Um, this yeah. is the only event that is, a, is going to be announced next week, um, but I do events all year. So I actually have four events um, in January, February, and March, and they all sold out within a week. And wow. so if you guys are interested, definitely reach out. Um, you that's can find of, me. That's a lot of events. It is a lot. <laughs> um, and it's been really amazing because it's not just the event. Like the events are cool. I mean, hello, who doesn't want to see yeah. lions and giraffes and rhinos? Yeah. And actually one thing I forgot is we're going to go to Serengeti and the great migration. So there's 2 million wildebeests that oh, migrate really? the during same this time. time. Yeah, yeah. Same time. And so obviously it's nature. It's the wild. I can't guarantee you guys are going to see it. However, it's a really, really high chance that we're going to be in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to my wife. Yeah, I got my, my wheel spinning. <laughs> I want to get on the phone. Let's see. Amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. But I love these kind of events. And that's amazing to find these kind of high level groups of people. And that's the other thing. These are high level people. I mean, yes, you know, to be able to hang around, they're not cheap for the normal people. I mean, I don't want to say they're expensive, but you know, these are high level people to be around and to, and yeah, to it's, it's, an, it's an investment. Like it's <laughs> yeah. an investment of your time. It's an investment yeah. of your money. Um, and so you want to make sure that you're doing it with people that you're going to be really excited to hang out with. Yeah, that's And so that's, that's what I really, you attract, you attract that, you attract that. So people don't realize that it's not like, uh, I think you attract that naturally with who you are and your network of people just naturally. And, um, well, thank you. And yeah. I think, I think Epic Adventures do that. Like there's, there's not very many boring people that want to go on an eight day African safari. And so I, there's also kind of, um, a great, a great thing about the Epic event is that they attract people like that. I just want to take a quick second. And if you're enjoying our content, please subscribe below. I love it. If you guys can leave us a review or a comment or let me know what you guys thought. I love honest feedback. And I love hearing what you guys think. Let's go into, we have a, this segment where you do investor insights um, and we have a question. And so the question is, what is the most important thing you can keep in mind when, when the market gets crazy like it is now? This is from Rich. So I guess we're talking about the market and everyone's always talking about the market. <laughs> what is, yeah, what is the most important thing to keep, keep in mind at this point? Any tidbits? I think it's really important with the way that the economy is right now is that just like anytime you have to buy a good deal. And so I always ask myself, do I want this property in my portfolio? And even if I was an investor that owned no rentals or one rental or two rentals, I would always ask myself that in that way, mm-hmm. because I think it puts you in a mindset that you're going to buy rental properties regardless, right? Like we know we're going to buy rentals. And so I always ask, am I going to buy, do I want this property in my portfolio? So I look at things like the age of the property, the state of the property. What are the systems? Like, is the furnace going to go out next year? Okay, well, that's going to cost me. What kind of tenants are, is this going to attract? Are they the type of tenants that I want to manage? Because I still self-manage all 19 units, 
So when yeah. I ask yeah. the question, is this a property I want in my portfolio? It puts me in the mindset of, okay, what's the strategy with this property? Am I going to do a long-term rental, a medium-term rental, a short-term rental? Am I going to flip it? Am I going to wholesale it? Am I going to move into it and house hack it or do the live-in flip? I'm thinking of all of these different ways to make this a deal. Mm-hmm. And if it's a deal that I want in my portfolio, then I buy it. If it doesn't check those boxes or I'm like, oh, I'm just like, I think it's going to be a money pit. Then I run the numbers backwards and forwards. And at the end of the day, I'm always making my decision based on the numbers. Mm. Yeah. It's got, you got to take the emotions out of it. And mm-hmm. we're all guilty of it, especially when I was new, I would be so emotional about, oh, I love this house. And, you know, I want to see myself living in it, but the numbers didn't work. And you'd force it sometimes. And in this market right now, you can't force anything. You have to trust the numbers. And, uh, you know, we were just looking at this huge flip actually ourselves and loved it. It was on the ocean, huge party deck. I, I wanted to live in the house. It was like a $2.4 million house, but the numbers were just too tight. And uh, so I, that I think is the answer to this market. Mm-hmm. The question about this market is the numbers don't work. If it doesn't work as you're trying to force it and trying to finagle it, um, you know, that's when it's probably not a good deal because there's a, that's when it is. It's when it's on the cusp of, is this a good deal or not? Am I, you know, you're trying to like squint and if I move this there and do that there and, you know, you're trying to force it to be a good deal. And that's the ones you can get in trouble, you know, yeah. to, to, so I guess that's, that would be the answer is the numbers. It's the, the numbers don't work. Don't do the deal and, and take emotions out. Yeah, and the reality, the reality is, is that the numbers aren't as exciting as they are when we were getting 3.9% interest. That's just sure. math, you guys. And yeah. so I'm not as excited about cash flow that I'm seeing right now when I'm analyzing long-term rentals. So that's why I'm really turned on to the medium-term rental. Mm-hmm. What happens if I furnish it? What happens to the rent then? Am I going to get increased cash flow? Because I'm a cash flow investor. Um, I'm buying things because I need them and want them to cash flow. And mm-hmm. and when you're buying things at 7.5% interest rate, that's going to eat into your cash flow. So again, I like asking the question, do I want this property in my portfolio? Because it also tells me, I'm probably going to own this property for the next five to 10 years and rates will go down at some point. And -hmm. when they do, I'm going to refinance. And so that will ideally help my cash flow. But until then, do I want the cash flow that it's producing right now when I'm having to pay 7%? And the answer is still yes. Like I'm still looking at properties that I want to purchase. So true. I I love the. I'm thinking about like moving even some of my properties, single family into medium term rentals, um, you know, just for the better, better cash flow. You're going to make more money. You know, we do this business to make money, guys. I know people you know, want to think differently, but it's a job. We do it to make money. So how do we make the best use uh, of this property to make money? You know, so treat it like a business, treat it like a job as we're, as we're discussing. I think a lot of people don't oftentimes do that. You know, they're, you know, not, not analyze. Oh, my, my, my uncle, he'll be there and you won't have to worry about him. And, you know, even though we got to pay less or get less rent, it's, you know, it's fine. And, you know, it's not, you got to treat it like a business, you know, it's a, it's a business. And uh, I think often and people. It's, and it's a don't. great business. Like I, I have been able to be my own boss, make mm-hmm. my own schedule, 
provide safe, beautiful housing to people. I've hired countless people and I'm having so much fun. And so I feel really, really lucky to be in, in the real estate industry. <laughs> That's amazing. That's what I love how you said you're having so much fun about it. Um, the last part. So deal of the week. Is there any kind of deal or any kind of um, funds or, well, I guess you got, you talked about your uh, adventure trip coming up, but is there any kind of deal or funds or um, thing you want to talk about or any yeah, money raising and stuff? Yeah. If anyone's interested in adding a medium-term rental to their portfolio, um, please reach out. I have built relationships with investor-friendly agents all over the country. Um, I do everything remote. So the last property I bought, I was in Mexico. Before that, I was in New Zealand. Before that, I was in Brazil. Like I'm doing mm -hmm. everything long distance. And so you can too. Um, reach out to me. You guys have my website. My Instagram is also Sarah D. Weaver. My website, sarahdweaver.com. Um, reach out to me. I'd love to connect you to investor-friendly agents. And then I also own a company called Aria Design Services, and we can furnish the unit for you. So mm -hmm. if um, taking off work or flying to the mainland to furnish Furnish a duplex in Iowa is not an option for you. You can hire us and we'll do it for you. Hmm, that's amazing. It's good to know, guys. So anyone interested in making their, you know, Airbnb or or even yeah, Airbnb, you could furnish too as well. Or yeah. midterm rental, you know, Sarah can do it for you, which is honestly, it's fun and all for when you first do it one time, but it's not that fun when you're doing it three, four, five, six, seven times later. Um, it's, isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it loses it's, its novelty real quick. Yeah, yeah. It's fun going to pick out cute, fancy stuff, but uh, after a while, it's not that fun putting together a bed or putting together a dresser and all that kind of stuff. I couldn't. Um, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I think we're laughing because we both have done it. Oh yeah, I've done. I mean, this year we've done, um, we've furnished 37 units in 12 states. That's amazing. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And do you cater, um, you kind of cater towards that person, what they designs they like or so, or just go for yeah, it. Yeah. Some of, some of my clients want to be a part of the design process and, and yeah. they, they have opinions and preferences and some are like, I don't know, or I don't care. That's why I'm just, hiring you. <laughs> and and we can, Exactly. And yeah. we can cater to both types of clients. Oh, that's interesting. I might have to, I might have to use you for some stuff. I'm getting my wheels turning here. Um, Sounds good. But um, I, I feel like we've taken a lot of your time. So again, so where everyone could find you at is Sarah Weaver, Sarah D Weaver, excuse me, right? At, uh, dot yep, com. Correct. And your what's your social handles? Your social media. It's All same Sarah. thing. Everything is Sarah D Weaver. So if you look up S A R A H D W E A V E R, you can find me on the internet and reach out. I really like hearing from you guys. I'd love to help. And if you need adventure in your life, then please come on our next trip. Yes, it's so fun. It's so fun. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you. I hope you guys got a great. Uh, you know, hour of your time out of this this podcast and this YouTube and blah blah blah. It's gonna go everywhere. And uh, please comment and like and uh, write. Ask questions, guys. I really recommend everyone to ask questions out there. You know, we we were in your shoes at one time and we still have a ton of questions. And you don't get any smarter if you don't ask questions. So ask questions. It doesn't hurt. There's no such thing as a bad question. So you know, ask questions. You know, that's how we're here to better each other. So. Thank you guys all for listening and uh, and aloha, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.